0: Well, it's time to see if I've coached things that as well. It's Coach Gary Waters joining us here on Iron Sports. Thank you so much for uh, taking some time out of the day.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting.
0: <laughs> Coach Waters, um, I appreciate you coming on the show. And I have to apologize. I know you have a book out called 10 Principles of Character Coach. I've had guests on for the last couple of years, tons of authors, and I did not have a chance to read your book. I was planning to put you on later, but then we had that great game we had, and the, now all this excitement. So I promise you, in the next week, I have a schedule to read your book. And I can't wait to read it, considering your experience at Kent State, Rutgers, and Cleveland State. But I wanted to have you on the show to give it, you know, give your analysis of the of this amazing Final four that we're having right
1: now oh, it is amazing. It's no question about that. you know a question was asked me uh, how how unique is this uh, situation now with uh having one versus one I think that's a that's got to be amazing. I mean think about it we all, all the games that have been played, all the upsets and now we're down to the top two teams in America.
0: Right. And in terms of your book of the character coach, you were coach at Kent state five years, Rutgers, five years, Cleveland state for 11, you resurrected programs that hadn't, you know, were in the dumps really and brought them back talk. You know, a lot of, we've been talking about Gonzaga with Mark few, but what about what the job that, that drew did has done with Baylor in terms of where that program was. And now look at them playing in the national championship game.
1: You're exactly right. Drew has done a fabulous job. And, uh, and I, you know, how well they compete and, and how well they play each and every game, you can see his stamp right on it.
0: And in terms of, like, how do you—what's what, this—like, what did he have to do? I mean, you realize before, I mean, there was—people the were—some of their players were arrested for murder. And so they went—it it could be could go as further down as you possibly can go. He comes into a situation and, and, and just has to complete—and there wasn't really that background that Baylor basketball being, you know, all these titles, sort of what Cronin walked into UCLA. There was no background of Baylor. But able to turn this program and get these recruits and get a style of play—
1: Oh uh, yeah, you know, and that that was not easy because it's like he had the death penalty over his program. And when you had a death penalty, no one wants to go there. No one wants to play for that school. And then you got to not only bring in recruits, you got to change the whole culture so it doesn't have any of that. What I call and I use this in my book even stench on it. You know that you can't you can't rub off. You can't get rid of. And he he changed it completely.
0: And then on the other hand, you have Mark Few, who stepped, it seems like a zillion years ago at Gonzaga, into Coach Monson, who had taken the team to the NCAAs and, and with the program. But then he sort of, Mark Few, took on this program and just ran with it and built it and the job that he did and and, and turning down offers to go everywhere to other schools or whatever and stay in yeah. Gonzaga and turning that into a power.
1: Yes, you know, you know, he could have basically gone any place he wanted to go with all the success he has had, but you know what? He decided to to do it right at his place, and he put he made a commitment to that, and you see where they're at right now—they're the number one team in America.
0: And then I did want to talk about you talk about coaches in terms of what they were able to accomplish. I mean Mickey Cronin of uh, of UCLA, oh, uh, yeah. considering that he was they were they said he was the fourth choice to be the coach there. No, really no South uh, Southern L, uh, California background at all. Comes from Cincinnati. Surprises by everybody. And, and this year, re- remember, they lost three of their best players. But the culture that he put in, the, the, the way these players play, and how he was able to, to make this run in this tournament, just amazing.
1: You know what? You know When you go back and think about it, when they look at, uh, let's say, Western basketball or California basketball, they, they have a little term they add to it. And, it's, and I hate to use it, and they call it soft. What he did is go into that program and, and take – take what he could take from each player and make them as tough as they possibly could be and go out there and compete. And I tell you, they had to be one of the toughest teams in the tournament.
0: And before we keep talking, we're talking to Coach Waters, uh, who wrote uh, Gary Waters of Ten Principles of a Character Coach, uh, available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. He was a coach for uh, Kent State, Rutgers, and Cleveland State for twenty-one years. Uh, so, but one a little local connection here. We a lot. Of, I mean, a big fan favorite of ours has been Norris Cole. Everyone remembers him from the Great Heat Days in terms of the championships. But you coached Norris at Cleveland State, right?
1: Exactly. And uh, he was uh, he was a great player for us. He led us to the NCAA. uh, And he just you know, he was not only a great player, he was a great person. His personality was unbelievable. And you know, when you look at that, and you look at people trying to go to that next level, you can't only look at how they play, you got to look at who they are and what they do with what they play with.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one of the comments. I mean, you being at the Kent State and the Cleveland State, uh, my friend Mike Isolino coaches at Robert Morris in the Horizon Conference, also. The, but the point is, when they look at Gonzaga, I mean, they're like, oh, well, their schedule's so easy; they don't play tough teams. Uh, you know, the big, the big Power Fives. those teams are so much harder. I, I think some. I think the mid majors do not get enough credit for for week in and week out, even playing, because it's sometimes harder to go into these small, in these arenas where there's fifteen thousand fans. I mean, it's like you know. You've been in the Horizon League. There are teams like Wright State that do draw like 12,000, 13,000 fans, and it's hard to play in those places.
1: It is. It is. And it's very competitive. But, you know, you look at Mark Few. uh, When you look at the non-conference at the beginning of the year, he plays all the top schools, as many as he can, and he comes out victorious. So, you know, even though he goes into his conference, which is considered a mid-major conference, he's a high-major program.
0: Well, wow. so what do you look for in terms of, well, what, first of all, let's get your impression of the, of the Gonzaga-UCLA game. What did you, I mean, what was your feelings of that game in terms of the UCLA just staying in that game and not letting Gonzaga, which I expect, I mean, waiting for Gonzaga to make that 10, 12-point run, they never did.
1: Well, I tell you this, you didn't want to bet, bet on that game and go for any odds because you would have lost immediately in that game. You know, I thought I thought Gonzaga was going to take them over eventually. You know, you got to think about it. They came from the the first game play-in, all the way to that point. So they, I mean, they had to compete every time they went on the floor. And see, being the 11th seed, they're playing another 11th seed, which are really not 11th seeds because they're, they're they're of the power of five nature. They put them in the 11th seed, and so when they compete against each other, they're like Michigan State, Michigan State wasn't an 11th seed. It had to be, I think, a five or six seed. And then UCLA showed that they were a five or six seed. However, they played against each other in that first game, and you know what? how that went, and then the next game, and the next game. So their team had to get up for each and every one of those games. That's really hard to do.
0: Right, right. So, what, in terms of the championship game, what do you think, Gonzaga Baylor? I mean, Baylor's a team that I've loved watching all year. They like to go up and down, and, and they're going to want to run. They're going to, you know, whereas UCLA said, we'll slow the ball down, we'll run plays. I think Baylor thinks that they can run with Gonzaga, and they're, it's to me like this is Hagler Hearns, where they're just going to go out and start pounding. They're going to be punching <laughs> from, from the round. When the bell rings, they're going to be shooting and move, running plays, and it's, it's you know, it'll be another like 110 to 108 or something crazy.
1: Well, I don't know if it's going to be that, but I know this: each team will try to play their style, and and Baylor plays up and down, and they and and they and, and they get in transition and they play. But I think the difference here is uh, Baylor don't really care about the opposition because they feel they can defend them. So I don't know if they can defend uh, the number one team in, in offense in college basketball, but they think they can. So you'll see much of that throughout
0: this game. Yeah, I think, you know, the one thing about Baylor, it, it's, it's some of the greatest college basketball teams of all time have been, had those three guards. They have Teague, Mitchell, and Butler. Butler gets, you know, more, most of the credit of the team. But if you watch Debbie and Mitchell play and then see how he scores and gets assists, but then there's some games that Teague can, is their leading scorer. I just like the fact that they sort of, if you try to double one, then another person starts scoring. I like how the three, three of those guards work well together for Baylor.
1: Well, I also like it, too, because, you know, in, my great teams had three guards, and it was very difficult to guard them because they could all handle the ball, they could all pass the ball, and they could all shoot the ball. And so when you get those three things going, a triple threat in guards, and you got three of them, then you, you know, we talk about that, but then we throw in Timmy. <laughs> I mean, he made, I, I made a comment about their team that they remind me of that Duke team with Leitner as close to any team I've ever seen. And if they can continue to do that, I mean, you know, it's going to be hard to beat them. You know, I picked them to win the whole thing, but I watched Baylor as of late, and they're defending and playing, I think it's going to be a great, great championship
0: game. Well, you make a great point there about Timmy in terms of his ability. When you have a center that can pass the ball, Bill Walton style, in terms of making these great bounce passes and what other passes, it just opens up everything. And I just said before you got on the air, I love Hawaii. I think Hawaii potentially could be the best of all of them in terms of the pros, just the fact that he plays such (laughs) great defense.
1: And we we haven't even mentioned, mentioned him. And no one usually mentions him. Think about the last game how he came on and played well. That's a that's a tough team to go against. But on the on the other side or the the opposite side of the court, you got that Baylor team that's got four or five guys that can go. The young man that comes off their bench, the six eight kid, that kid can really shoot the basketball. So you really have to play him.
0: Right right, right. Well Coach Waters, I you know I, again, I want to apologize. I, I appreciate you coming on Iron Sports We're down here in West Palm Beach um, and I know you have the book called Ten Principles of Character Coach. I'm going to definitely read the book. It's available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all those things. Why don't you just tell us a little about what we're going to see if we read the book uh, when, I will read the book, but what am I gonna, what would I see when I, when I read the book?
1: Well, first of all you know the book is about character and that's my whole objective and I, I wrote the book in that purpose. And when and when I wrote it, I was I was just retiring, and there was a lot of scandals going on in college basketball. And I just said, man, is this what this sport is really all about? You know, I I didn't come into this sport believing that. However, you know, when I wrote the book, and I, if you don't mind if I just read you something quickly, go ahead, of course. Really short, sure. yeah. Uh, and it's and when I thought about all this, I said, let's go back to where the game started. And I used Nate Smith, and this is what he said. Nate Smith believed that if you elect to be a coach, it was also your responsibility to be an advisor, counselor, and father figure, and to act at all times as an example to student athletes in your care. He also envisioned that sports should develop character, foster patriotism, and instill ethical values that would serve participants well in later life and when you know when i read that i said is this what I, is, are we like this is this what we re- this sport is all about and i had question marks in my mind so when i had question marks that's why i wrote this book.
0: Wow, that's that's awesome. We had last week we had C. Y. Young, uh, the Florida State assistant coach, on, and uh, I saw him with Terrence Mann at the draft, and when Terrence was drafted, how he hugged him and, and almost broke him, <laughs> broke him in two because he was so thankful and kept thanking him. And then I had them both on the show, and you see that, and you're like, you know, this is that's the good stories in terms of what how coaches are able to help develop people to reach their dreams. Now Terrence is a star with or a star, but close, you know, starting now for the Clippers. But the point is, right. there's so such a great impact that coaches can have but we, we sometimes hear so much of the negative and not of the positive
1: and there's a lot of positives out there and that's why I wrote the book also because I wanted to give coaches an alternative way to coach and how to deal with the people they have in front of them you know let me I'll give you a couple of the principles improve yourself improve others live with integrity and honesty treat others the way you want to be treated Then uh, I got value loyalty empower and serve All these things coaches should do with their players as well as their coaches to make them become the very best they can become.
0: Well, those all sound those are definitely aspirations we should all have. And I can't wait to I can't wait to read your book and I really appreciate I know this is busy. I know you're probably at home ready to to watch the game and get excited (laughs) like we are when we're done. So but I appreciate you coming on the show and giving us some time. So thanks a lot, Coach. Oh, I I
1: I loved every minute of it. Now Mm -hmm. understand not only for coaches because I, I may have not made that clear it's also for parents it's also for business leaders businessmen leaders all, all these principles are designed so you can be the best person you can be and help others do the same
0: thanks again 10 principles of a character coach by uh coach gary waters thanks a lot coach for coming on Iron sports
1: okay thank you Iris.